Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. You're descending down a staircase. On each step is another discount. Safe driver, multi-car, paperless. At the bottom of the staircase is a man selling cupcakes. You buy a cupcake with the money you saved because you really like cupcakes. You're getting deeper and deeper into saving money with Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Feed me more. Welcome to Conversation with the Big Guy. I am the Big Guy, and I'm sitting here with one Pat Buck. Hey, everybody! This is Pat Buck, one of your—I guess from your co-host or your anchor, if you will. A man uh, of many. I wear many a lot qualities. of hats. Yeah. I wear a lot of hats. Uh, <laughs> I got to start the timer here. I didn't do that. Um, should we start off with what you just said? I mean, it's natural flowing. I mean, yeah. Then again, that we are recording before the facts, but this is kind of interesting. It's uh, it's not uncharted territory, but it, it kind of is too, a little in a way. But uh, I I legally went and I changed my name to Ryback, um, for many reasons. One of which it was one thing that that I did not own, and I created and I used uh, before my time with WWE, and it is something that is associated with my brand and who I am, uh, that I'm very proud of. So uh, I went through the proper steps. Uh, in Clark County in Las Vegas, uh, and it costs a little bit of money. And uh, I go in front of the judge September first. Um, but as when this airs, you know, hopefully uh, everything is approved, and I will be known as Ryback Allen Reeves moving forward. That's that's. I was I would say it's crazy, but in a weird way, like I'm surprised because outside of Warrior, yeah. I don't know of any wrestler that's done this. And it too, I don't think there's. I think that's the only other one, but. Um, and, and again, I feel like too, if, if my name was a, a little, it was a different name. Yeah. I might second guess it. Ryback to me is not really, it's not that it's much not stretch. so off the wall no. that, you know, my name is Ryan yeah. Ryback. It was from the silverback and Ryan Ryback. So like, it's, it's different. Yes, but it, it, it is a com. I mean, it's not a common name, but it is a name. Uh, there are other people named Ryback out there. So uh, is it really? Yeah. It, it, so it's not. I, mean, I remember Casey Ryback from Under Siege. Well, a lot of people, a lot of questions. <laughs> I thought I came up with the Ryback character out of that, but which we'll talk about later. Sure. But um, you know, it, and it's one of those things. And it's not me trying to to get over on anybody or or this and that. It's just essentially, you know, I didn't go to WWE and say I own WWE. I, this is stuff that I had before, uh, and that that I want associated with my brand um and you know i'm still gonna be i'm still gonna be ryan it's just one of those things that that i need that name and i want that name to be associated uh with the big guy um and it was something that had to be done so it's also yeah it's just something that i mean i actually think that when people hear about this there's going to be many to follow i think people are going to going to go down this and there's there's and you know, this is your identity. It's, I mean, you don't have to do this, but like at the same time, like I, I think that's it's brilliant because as a promoter, yeah, as someone that wants to put people in positions, like 
And I can say this. I here. have a right to earn money too outside of time. And, and I created this and, and many of the WWE talents create their, their brand and likeness. And they always tell us, you guys are responsible for your brand. And so I am solely just being responsible for my brand. And it's, I don't think it's fair for guys to spend a, you know, a, a good chunk of their time in one area, in one place. And then when they leave there, they're not allowed Can't to have it. that brand and identity. And, and to me, that that's something that definitely needs to change. And more people need to speak up on that and more people need to take control. Uh, and, you know, I'm just doing what is right for me. And I, I think also that it's uh, it's it's a horrible... You know, I think WWE has kind of done something great in respects to they pay more attention to independent wrestling. But at the same time, I'm an independent wrestling promoter. I can't tell you. uh, I can tell you, actually. Often, many times, I promote a particular talent. And, you know, maybe if I use a WWE image or, say, a WWE name, I'm hit with a cease and desist. I've been hit with probably... Honestly, legitimate, probably 30, 30 of them in the last like four or five Many years. Many promotions out there, all the they same all story, yeah. And it's like I can't, you know, um, and even sometimes when I say for uh, the the wording's supposed to be former WWE superstar, insert name here, yeah. But even that, I've had times where the cease and desist department's been so aggressive towards me or other places where I've had. There was one time I had Mick Foley on my poster, and it was a TNA image. And they try to, you know, give me the same. It's a very threatening, scary email. Yeah. Uh, nothing ever comes of it. And, of course, I comply. But at the same time, it's just like the, the, the overall mindset is unfortunate with these people. You know, you devote your time, devote your life. You work for this company. And God forbid, it's hard to make a it, – it's very hard to, to – to, exist outside WWE or, or have yeah. th- these we're basically every independent wrestling is a mom and pop shop and you're telling them they can't promote what the fans know you as there's a much there's a huge difference in being able to promote the big guy Ryback and Ryan Reeves and and it's it's because that is the brand that that yes they they associate with me uh, and it's not fair to talents to to give them everything they got and to be the ones who created it and then to be left with nothing afterwards um, and you know I'm just solely looking out for myself and what I'm trying to establish outside of the WWE I, I think it's fucking awesome I know Thank maybe you. in time times here it may sound like a little mark boy but it's like that's fucking ballsy. Um, no, it's not, not ball, even. It's not, not even ballsy. Ball. It's, it's just, just smart. I, yeah, it's just me doing what needs to be done. And, and I told you, like I said from the beginning, there's no fear. There's yeah. no fear. And I've I've been through the worst of the worst, and I've overcome it, and I will continue to overcome things. And it, it's just something that, like I said, had to be done. So, but the origins of that name originally, or we were getting back to the last episode we talked, we were talking Smoky about, Bones, right? yeah, we're just talking about, you know, like I said, some things will be wrestling related, but we're not, we're not a podcast that's going to talk about, we're going to talk about what we want to talk about. We're just kind of, we're actually literally, I think it, it's going to range from everything from wrestling to, to steroids, to <laughs> massage parlors, to nutrition, to motivation, Le- legitimately people, this is what, what you want to hear. Everyone has a fucking fear of, oh my God, I'm in this bubble. I can't talk about this. We are all human beings. We all experience the same fucking shit day in and day out, just on different levels. And like, I feel like that was one of the things with WWE is the, the, they, they, they can see through that shit yes. and they want to, they want to know the real person. And, and I have no shame of anything I've ever done or will do. And I know who I am as a human being and as a man. And I think you have to have that relationship with people and they have to have that trust and understand who you are for you to, for you to fully thrive in today's environment. And if they connect with that and they identify with that, and if that is shown in such a light, people relate more 
and they buy more stuff and they're more they care about you more they're more invested and but that's just not the way it is which which is unfortunate i am a fucking robot from the future my name is ryback i'm fucking hungry feed me more like you know that yeah. that only goes so far they want they they need to see deeper than that and uh it, it's just it blows my mind that we have not the the audience has evolved and and with technology with social media and they they could see through the bullshit sure and and, and that is what and is very important for me i want people to know the real me and and that's why we're here yeah and so we we're talking about stuff we we like i said at one point we both were on pretty lows in de- the developmental system in ovw i was trying to get a job uh I hate. I was going to call you Ryan. Ryback was fired from. Thank you. From his his uh, <laughs> was terminated from his job, and we were both working at Smoky Bones, a barbecue joint. And much like the bar we worked at, there were times where we got pretty bored. Yeah. Uh, but the great thing, I think, this instilled a work ethic in us because we, you know we were pretty young kids then, and uh, we realized the harder and better we worked, the more money we made. Yeah, that guy. That's what I got from that. We also Absolutely. were. Kind of, like there were times that we were bored and we would also uh, we were also trying to keep ourselves in the best physical shape we can and keep our, keep our energy levels high. Yeah, um, I do. Before you go, I yeah. think I know where you're going with this. I don't know if you remember this really early on. Uh, we got there and, and, you know, we're working 10, 12 hours, hours a day opening to close. Yep. And, and we, as you're going to talk about, we did some things to keep our energy levels high there and whatnot. And all legal. Nothing crazy like no. that. But uh, I remember distinctly like we would see at the people that had been there kind of it's kind of like i remember like going to the wwe when all the nxt when we first got up there like they had the roster up there of yes. guys that had been around each other for a while they smoky bones had their roster essentially sure. uh, of all these people that had been together for quite a while and i remember we would always hear them talking about hanging out at night yeah the stories and like they all we got so fucked up last night at this and we, we would go what losers they all had like to, like we just couldn't fathom it and then eventually as you're gonna find out we were those you're gonna losers. see the big guy singing fucking the titanic theme fucking drunk and down and out later on uh in which you have a picture still i believe i, I remember I still have it on my phone somewhere but we we were clearly hanging out with them each and every night just like they were good people they, though, they, they know, were they awesome were, yeah, people yeah, yeah. but it was just funny how we went in there and like too, we, we're too cool for we, school. We, we just i think it's too as part of it you hang wrestlers hang out with wrestlers yeah, yeah, yeah. and to us it was like oh we're we're, we're still wrestlers but we're not civilians. Like yeah. This. I call and them civilians. I was a full-blown civilian by the end of yeah. that. <laughs> so uh, uh, there'd be many long... and Yeah, we, but one, nonetheless, we did really... We worked hard, and we'd work double shifts, absolutely. partly because of, of a scam I'm going to introduce in a minute. Um, but we found that we were both... We're both big coffee guys. Mm-hmm. You know, we even had a couple... St- before we started drinking wine and beer right now, uh, I love coffee. I love uh, black coffee, espressos. Yeah, I'll drink decaf um, if I'm because I got my pre workout and everything now. But like today, I've had several coffees today, just coming in and on four hours sleep. So I need to, need to have a little energy for yeah, this. So big, big coffee guys, and we also found that we would uh, a lot of times at work. You know, we we could pretty much we were allowed to drink whatever we wanted to drink as yeah. far as like you know if you want to. They have their limits on food, or they were supposed to, as you'll find out. But which is okay. We'll get right into that after. Um, so. <laughs> With the coffee, uh, which were, you know, when you work at a restaurant, you have these big industrial coffee things, a giant bag of coffee that you put into the maker, you close the lid, you press the button. I don't, I don't even remember if we fill it with water. We might. Yeah, you know, you fill it, you, you, you put it with water and, you know, typically you put the one coffee bag in there mm-hmm. and, and, you know, you brew your pot of coffee. But that was, and we, we realized, you know, this is pretty normal coffee, gets a good buzz. 
what if we put two bags in there? I've always been about more. And then we're like, <laughs> let's put fucking three bags in. So pretty much we get triple caffeinated, like strong coffee, and you and I would just drink and it. And our sole purpose of this was just for us to, we just loved the energy. We just and, want the buzz. And like, like again, I'm there morning to night. You're there morning. Sometimes you had to go wrestle after mm-hmm. and whatnot. I was working full-time, not wrestling for quite a while there leaving on my lunch break to go work out having more caffeine and like drinking a speed stack or something at the time and we were just dripping in sweat yeah fucking serving walking tables. heart attacks and we're, <laughs> and but most people at the barbecue joint they wouldn't all we were also we get away with it too because we didn't serve breakfast we only opened at 11 a.m so most people did not order coffee however we started getting a little scared because the old ladies would come in for lunchtime yeah. and they'd want their cup of coffee. That was always the coffee crowd was at lunchtime. Yep. And when Can we, I get some pulled pork brisket and a large coffee? And when we get them coffee and we'd see these old ladies go, oh, that's, that's strong coffee. And like uh, we were concerned, like, fuck, they're going to keel over. That was never, our, we never thought about that for because it was just we would make this coffee and nobody was drinking it. And then we started like, I remember, I, feel, I think you get like, I, I just gave this old lady a triple strength coffee. <laughs> and I, I was like, oh. And then he like, didn't really think about this part of it. Like, <laughs> we're serving this stuff. And it was like, I don't think it stopped us. I think we might have went down to two bags after to try yeah. to like, oh, well, two is going to be fine. But so the, that was the coffee stuff. There was also, there was great food there. And they were very Unbelievable. Good, good to us with uh, eating. But then I kept that place is like I, I said, I got the job there because I I eat so much food and, and they would usually give it to us for half off, I think. Yep. But like there was also times where we, we, we can get we can get free meals from time to time. I remember sure. the managers would give us free. Sometimes they'd get 50 wings or 100 wings for mm-hmm. everyone like and things like that. And but but the cooks would mess up sometimes, too. Sure. And you could eat that stuff and put it in the back. But, but I'm not wait. talking about this one. Yeah. Basically, I had a rule where sometimes, you know, and I, I, I didn't know that much. about. I actually learned how to eat mostly from you and from Conway from I didn't Rob Conway, Rob Conway always had a, has a tremendous physique. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't know a lot about. So sometimes when you're throwing out food, there'd be some delicious chicken fingers on your plate. Like basically, like if you pick up from the table, they didn't eat everything, and you're like, oh shit! Like I always hated because I I've always been big on diet and yeah. chicken fingers, like the breaded buffalo fingers, so are so fucking bad for you. I know because it's fat, it's carbs. Which kids, you should not mix your your carbs and your fats. And you know it's great protein in them, but it, but the bu- I love buffalo fingers. I love chicken wings, and mm-hmm. usually I like to have them naked, and I don't eat any carbs with it. But those chicken fingers, I would oh. be fear because it hurts to throw food like that yes. away. You know, with starving people out there and children, and and the big guy and Pat Bucket was uh, fuck. There was a lot of delicious food that we'd throw out, but my rule was, and again, I didn't care that much. I didn't really know a whole lot about dieting till till years later. That much you did, but like. If I saw, my rule was if it was a whole food, like a whole chicken finger or a whole. They would turn something if it was the wrong item or something and it'd go out there or they cut into it. and. But if it was like a whole onion ring or maybe like every now and then a a whole, the blazing shrimp. Yeah. Oh, that was out of this world. I would bring it back and I was supposed to throw it out and I would fucking sit there in front of the dishes and I would eat it. Those dishwashers laughed at us, by the way. I remember stuffing my face of different things. And I used to put food in my pockets, the serving <laughs> apron. And I would have like buffalo, dried buffalo sauce in it because I would, if, if we were busy, I had to, I was like, I can't throw this away. Where am I going to fucking put it? And I would put it in my apron on the other side. Oh my and God. I, I was literally, I'm like a, a giant fat kid at heart. Mm-hmm. And, and it, 
<laughs> but I remember you also had a rule. I was like, whoa, you just one up me. Where like if a, say someone took a bite of a burger, yeah, I've caught you many a times back there. I'll eat the opposite end, ripping the part that was bitten off and eating the burger. I was like, oh, you, you, you did it. You, I you, was you, you one up me <laughs> at that time, and it takes and money was tight, and and it was like that would get me through. If that would save me twenty thirty dollars a day of eating, sure. sometimes you know that people would would eat a quarter of a steak and. I would just cut off. I would usually, I believe it was one inch. I would, so that like, was your that was the, 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 the enemy lines. And like once where that bin, I would go an inch past it. And, and you know, there's sure there might've been a half inch here and there, just barely. And it was easy to get that. Cause the dishes were right there. There's a steak knife that was green. probably wasn't even washed either. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I just remember them always just looking at me and laughing. Uh, and that was actually, I told you where Feed Me More is yeah. one of them. They always, they just started calling me Feed Me More because I was always fucking eating. Yeah. And I looked at them one day and I, and I don't, God, you know, I don't remember who. And I just said, I'm going to use that someday because that is me. And, and you know. Well, it, I think it might have been, if you remember Magellan, who was a, yes. who was a, uh, I don't know what, I don't know if he's from Trinidad. I don't know if he's from Africa. Forgive me for not knowing that. One of the cooks at Smokey Bones, yes. but he was like an old war veteran. He had all the scars he of had the scars burns. scars in his arm. And, yeah. uh, kind of an intimidating man. And dare I say, he didn't really talk to us a whole lot. So he kind of had a, an air. We couldn't tell if he hated us or not. Yeah. And I remember, I don't know if you want to tell this story, but one time in particular with. So. The, I was, uh, when I was at Smoky Bones, it was, I was drinking heavily. Like I said, the, the bottle of brunettes every, every night and, and this and that. You never drunk at work though, right? Oh. Were you? No, I, for you, the you longest didn't. time I wasn't. Okay. And then it started getting, I've always been pretty good at like, and, and everything I've always like addiction wise, like nicotine, when I, I've been able to just stop cold turkey and, mm -hmm. and the alcohol was no different. I was kind of, I knew every day I was choosing to do that, but I need, like it was, I was going through some stuff and that was what I decided to do. And I took control of it eventually. But at that point it started taking over a little bit. Uh, and I remember I would, you know, during, I would usually work morning to night and I would leave there and I would go to my apartment and I would, and on my lunch break, I would usually work out and, and get a good workout in still. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd run home and shower, and I would grab the vodka and a huge 64-ounce cup, which actually goes back. This is kind of, for OVW, also played a huge part in uh, part of the Ryback character. But I would start drinking at home i'd make one drink at home and and, and start sipping on it okay because uh, i never wanted to, to to be drunk and drive but i would have a little at home uh, and get it in my system and then i would leave and i'd bring it to work i remember seeing wade barrett at the time actually at that creekside apartments and funny story about me and wade is we he thought i was like the biggest asshole ever i was just so miserable and negative and mm -hmm. he was like a new hire and yeah, he was coming in fresh faced yeah. and we didn't have computers and we'd had both have to use the computer in the office there and oh, man. it was like hey how you doing good how are you good and like that was it and it wasn't until you know years later in fcw when we kind of were getting changed in the same area and mm -hmm. you know and he realized i was nothing like what we i was just in a really low point in my life and uh we became great friends but i started I would I'd get to the Smoky Bones parking lot and then I would I would just I'd have my diet soda in the cup already I'd pour the vodka in that 64 ounce cup and a lot okay and I would proceed to just sit out in my car and drink it before my shift the night really? shift uh, and then I would come in usually with a really nice buzz um, and 
for a while that lasted where I was able to keep going. Um, and then there were points where I is obviously the more you drink, your tolerance kind of goes, yep. kind of goes up where I had to start going out to my car to like, I'd pour like diet Coke in one of the, the to go cups okay. and I'd go out to my car and then mix pour, another one. Yeah. Really? I, to, to keep the buzz going at Damn. work. Um, and, and this lasted for quite a while. Uh, then eventually one, I, I got something happened where like I was out of vodka and I was, this was like, really, this was probably the lowest point. Um, and I never showed it. Like I was always, I've always been able to work and, yeah. and just in no matter what, like I, I, I was surviving day in, day out. every, my, my job, my, how I performed at that job determined how much money I had essentially, uh, and to get by day in and day out and pay my bills. And, um, there came a point though, where I was, I wanted the buzz to stay and it was starting to wear off and I had no more alcohol. So you know, at restaurants, you have the beer coolers in the back. Mm. Uh, you know, at Smoky Bones, we had all the kegs. Usually, I was the guy that had to go get the kegs and hook the new kegs up and stuff. And yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, it was never, it wasn't an odd thing for me to be going to the beer cooler. Sure, we always went uh, there. Yeah. And, like, and so, Magellan, this cook, had noticed one particular time that, that I was going back there quite a bit during a, during a shift. Uh. And what I was doing was I was going back there and I was cracking open a beer between tables and chugging the beer, putting it in my pocket and throwing it away. And so Magellan kind of got a little suspicious and uh, I'll never forget this. And to this day, uh, if Magellan, if you're by some chance listening Alive. to this, <laughs> the big guy says he's sorry. And, and he, we obviously, we, we were friends after this, but we didn't really talk at that time and, or, you know, weren't social at all. And he, walked in on me chugging a beer mm -hmm. and obviously if you're caught doing something like that you're, you're done you're done you're fired and at that point in time if i would have been fired i would have been in a lot of trouble. I, I probably would have had to have moved home sure I, I had very little money and you know i'm going day to day <laughs> so he walks in and without hesitation i just said if you say a word i'm gonna fucking kill you <laughs> and i just stared a hole through him and i pointed a gun at him and fucking did the fucking <laughs> Like, and I, I don't even know what, like, it wasn't me yeah, and yeah. I don't know, but instinct took over and I knew if I don't put the, you know, scare this man with everything I got right here, he, he's going to go say something sure. and he backed out, he left, he went back to his, the cooking line, never I never said a word, finished my beer and he never said a word. And, uh, Magellan, thank you. Because in, and obviously, and I don't condone that sort of behavior. And we all go through our ups and downs. And and this was me going through my downs. So, God bless Magellan. Kept us alive to uh, make a considerable amount of money after that. Uh, with the uh, the next part of that, we and you know, like sir, we talk about this. We and you know, we lived together. We'd go home. We'd watch wrestling, and, and uh, we'd drink together sometimes. Yeah. And, and brainstorm on different ideas. And then sometimes you get bored and. But like money at that place, it would be sometimes be hard to get by. Like lunch shifts can be really slow. You would and, leave with sixteen bucks sometimes. Yeah, you, know? you could sometimes you you bust your ass, and not that everybody's going to tip you great. And and I've always tried to be considerate and, and always tip. Now after being a server, and if, know what servers go through. People are listening. You need to tip twenty percent, even yeah. if it's bad service. At you least have to tip twenty percent because they don't make their money any other no. way. And uh, and that's part. Of, and I feel like when you go out to eat, you know that's what you're going out to eat for. You're paying for the service, uh, and there are a lot of great servers out there. And uh, you got to take care of your servers because yep. we didn't we didn't make a salary or anything. No. It was like you make three bucks an hour, and people that, don't like, understand that. Like if you don't if you don't have the money to tip, then don't go out and eat. Like I, it really my biggest pet peeve is seeing guys that don't tip, and some of them may not know any better. But if you, I tip everybody. The guy the guy that pumps in Jersey yeah. that can't 
you know, pump your own gas. Give it, it just you got a tip. You just I, have to. To this it. day, no matter if even if it's just me by myself, I try to leave ten dollars for, and that's just because I know just and and it's over twenty percent. But I have a soft spot spot in my heart for servers, Service. and uh, because I know what we, we went through and and how hard that is, and we were given extra tape. Because sure. let's be honest. That was just a small part of our lives. Yes. And that was never the end game. But for a lot of people, that's kind of the only thing they do. And, and not everyone shows up to. And I think we took that wrestling mindset of to show up every day and to do our best. And I know I always did. Mm-hmm. And I took pride in, in trying to create a good experience for people. And, and I just have too much pride like to ever do anything half-ass. Yeah. And, and, and that job was no. And it always, I talk about it in my book with Jimmy, the manager, Jimmy Bryant at the time. Uh, who was a huge fucking mark, uh, he he told me to say, he goes, you were the best server I ever had. And that to me was like, it, you know, it, it, that means a lot to me, even though it just because it was like I, I'm able to apply myself. It's something I know that I'm not going to probably be doing for the rest of my life. But. Sure. Maybe I should leave the scam part out of it then. Uh, no, I think it's such no. I think it's such an important part of of you know, and it's it's who we were at the time, and not yeah. who we were, but it was getting it was getting by, it was surviving, and I found a loophole, if you will. It's uh, and I will say this was all your idea, yeah, it was. but I I did I I did agree to do it with you wholeheartedly. So, so Smoky Bones at the time I noticed was part of uh, Darden. This is all for entertainment purposes, yeah, this correct? Is, is no, that, this is real. You can't press all charges. entertainment purposes. I think the, uh, Statue of uh, Limitations has expired, so it's been past seven years, I believe. Holy shit, seven. Uh, okay, yeah, it's been more than seven years. Thank God. If eight years would have been fucked. That was eight <laughs> years ago. Uh, so um, every now and then, I'd notice there'd be a promotion for Smoky Bones, being that there'd be coupons in the old newspaper and circular. You know, basically you could come in, and some of them would be like free donuts, which were like five bucks. But there was started this, off very harmless. I remember you a couple times like, oh, we can make a few extra. Yeah, and then Smokey Bones get really aggressive with uh, the old um, coupon business, and they were basically saying you could buy one get one free of your entree, which everyone's favorite entree there was baby back ribs, a full slab of babies, and they cost twenty one bucks. So what I I started noticing is I went, hmm, what if? Someone does get ribs, and everyone got ribs a lot of times, or they got like a barbecue platter, and they paid in cash, but they didn't have a coupon. What if I had that coupon? Yep. I could potentially, instead of making eight bucks off a table, I could make twenty-five. Or if I made three bucks off a table, I could make twelve. Yeah. And I went, holy shit, I'm onto something. But the thing is, well, how do you get these coupons? And I would, <laughs> I would, uh, one I'd find on eBay. Any sort of coupon, I'd buy them all up. I remember you being on eBay quite a few times with that. I would also then got pretty ridiculous where I would find out what date they were releasing the coupon from either calling the restaurant, calling the headquarters, and I would go to supermarkets about maybe about 6 in the morning, and I would literally wait for the newspaper truck to pull up, and I would, like a bandit, pull all the coupons out of every single paper. Yeah. I remember because I was back at OVW as Ryback at the time, the Terminator Ryback. I remember us... We would drive for shows, and sometimes because there were other smoky yeah. bones, me because I <laughs> couldn't get the. I remember Fuji cakes had to do my contact for a while because I don't wear contacts or anything like that. But for Ryback at the time, I wore a red contact. Well, I remember we, in contacts, I was very quick in, quick out, and I kind of blend in. I mean, yeah. I'm not that much of. I'm, like I said, I'm 200 pounds, I'm five ten, so I go in and out. I'm done. I remember leaving, and I'm like, "Yo, the coupons come out tomorrow." You're like, "Let's go!" 
and you're in full gimmick. Full gimmick, like Ryback shirt, the Ryback jeans at the time that I wrestled A in. red contact in your eye. Yeah. And I go, go in, that gas station definitely has at least 12 coupons, and we send a you- A 280-pound guy walking in with a red eye, with with the vision of red, walking in with a full set of hair, and, and just, I look back at it, and I go, I, I remember being so paranoid, like, because I remember people were looking at me, well, no shit, they're looking at well, you, cop, you're wearing a, you have a red fucking eye. I remember a cop stopped you, and yeah. was like, what if I want that? What if yeah. I need those coupons? And I don't know, if, I think, I don't know if you left, I don't know what happened next. We were like, I remember we thought, we thought he was going to call the restaurant, and like, yes. we, he had no idea we worked, and like, he just thought we loved our loved baby back <laughs> Which we did, but when people ordered them. So, but basically... By the way, other people there were doing it, too. I mean, is it the right thing to do? Not really, but it got us by. I did learn in the accounting process that all coupons done by restaurants already accounted for for their losses. So I really didn't feel bad. Yeah. And, you know, servers would be like, oh... It I wasn't have- abused to the point... And I remember, we, like, we kind of had rules with it still, because, yeah. honestly, we, we could have done it a lot. Yeah. And it was like, sometimes it would just be to make, make your quota for the day yep. or to, like... You know, oh, this is for my vodka tonight. Like it wasn't like, hey, we had because you had to you had to physically show your coupons at the end. Like you couldn't be like, hey, I had thirty coupons tonight. You'd be like, they'd be they would know the deal. But, yeah, you know, if you had like, but a weekend night too, there were a lot of coupons. You could, you could get away with a few more on those nights. And I remember, this is like kind of really aggressive. I almost got caught. I remember a few times with uh, going into the next story eventually. But go ahead. Yeah. I just remember like. Doing cash was easy. People paid cash, they left. You never mm-hmm. saw them again. Coupon, boom. We had a nice fat tip. But then I said, could I do this with credit cards? And I came up with it. I can't even remember the system, but I had it in a way where the person still paid the exact same amount of money that they equated for their bill that yeah. appeared on their credit card, but I could deduct the coupon so somehow I figured out a way to get us the same amount. Uh, I think it was you printed out the receipt with the other one mm-hmm. with the original total so they would see the original. And then you would it. cancel it out and run it for the new one later. And then I believe that's when you... And I would do the math difference to somehow have it equal what they planned on paying. Yeah. And then you'd... And, but then they would still have the manager would still have to approve it, and there were that was just dude that was too much. Yeah. That was way too greedy and stupid. Because there was a new manager that came in at that time yeah. to J.K. I think he he was your number one guy, wasn't he? Uh, he he might have uh, he might have liked me. Yeah, he, yeah. he was a big fan of me. Um, he wasn't a fan remember, of you. <laughs> no, he did not like me. I think because he hit on me. Uh, and J.K. for everyone out there uh, was or is gay, mm-hmm. and and cool great whatever but uh he would sometimes i feel be a little unprofessional and sure uh, make comments and whatnot and and i wasn't a fan of his and he uh he just didn't take a liking to me because i didn't put up with his bullshit which i never do with anyone so mm-hmm. um but i remember he uh he was always trying to just just ruin the fun in there sure uh and this was actually towards the end in there i uh had I think I, I'd finally been rehired by WWE. Yeah, you were. That's yeah. right. And uh, I had, I, I had several more weeks to go. I think until we had to, I had to move back to Tampa. But you weren't getting paid yet, though, right? No, I wasn't no. getting paid yet. So I was, I was staying on, and yeah, that the pay. I forgot all about that. Like, because usually they send you your moving money and everything. Because sure. all stuff most people don't have money for right off the bat, and at that point in time. And J.K., there was something. 
earlier that day we had one of those those meetings where you had to show up early yes. to work on and we're all just nobody wants to be there and it's just a restaurant and you could it's stuff that could have been done when you got there to, and they made us draw like cartoons or something like, grown grown adults everyone working there yeah and this this restaurant with with these managers wanted us to draw some sort of whatever celebrating the new menu or the whatever whatever the fuck it was that was so meaningless and I remember I was like they're not gonna like one if they look at these they're mm. pathetic yeah. so we, I think like and they're just trying to find a way for everyone to fill time and they got to do this meeting or whatever so I and JK and, and I'd had my issues with him so I drew a picture of Ryback Terminator Ryback pissing on JK's grave with a huge dick <laughs> uh, and very detailed drawing um, and we all had a hoot we all laughed everyone laughed but so this drawing, everything got put away and got put in the office in that, the manager's office. And mm. there were multiple, like two managers there at the time, maybe three. And so later that night, it was like a Saturday night. It was a really busy night. And I had like whatever, four or five tables going. And uh, I remember I made a Tootsie Roll penis, yes. of which I was saying was a judge's hammer um, to make decisions around the restaurant. But uh, it, it was a Tootsie Roll penis. And everyone, for whatever reason, it was funny. And I don't know what we were doing with it. It was like, but it was making its way around the restaurant and ending up with, in different servers. <laughs> and it was like a game that was going on with it. Well, eventually, JK, no kidding, got a hold of the chocolate penis. And <laughs> he was furious. Uh, and so, and you got to, and a, anyone who's ever served knows when it's busy that, that like you got to be very attentive with your tables. Yeah. So it was very selfish of him, even at that point to call a meeting with everyone had their tables. So he calls a meeting in the back cause he wants to get to the bottom of this uh. quote unquote Tootsie Roll penis. Uh, finally I get back there and I already know that like, he's like, he goes on it, guys, what's this, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I just raise my hand. I go, I made it. And he goes, you know, uh, made a comment like, why did you make a penis? And I go, that's not a penis. I go, penises aren't that small. That's a judge's hammer. <laughs> I go, somebody has to make the fucking decisions in this restaurant since you can't. And which his face got really, really red. Uh, Everybody laughed at him. And so far, <laughs> he stormed off into the office with Jimmy, who was a huge supporter, huge wrestling fan. Jimmy loved us. And to this day, we still, you know, occasionally yeah, text yeah. him and he's no longer there either. He's probably pulled up somewhere <laughs> with a shotgun. And uh, no, but Jimmy was always a, a supporter and was very flexible with us. So, you know, I'm doing my tables and I get called into the office and Jimmy goes, you know, what's going on? And I go, I go, he's just an asshole. I go, he doesn't, he's not professional. He doesn't know how to conduct himself. Mm -hmm. I go, nobody, the tables, nobody, we are all doing our jobs that we're having fun at work. And I said, that thing was nowhere near, we're not doing this anywhere near the tables and, and whatnot. And, um, <laughs> so he goes, okay. And, and JK went earlier, I guess, found the picture that I drew earlier and that's it. Yeah, I didn't. That was kind of the final, you know, straw. And Jimmy goes, "Well, what's this drawing?" And I go, "You got me on that. I drew that earlier. It's me pissing on J.K.'s dead grave." Um, in which he laughed hysterically because he saw the humor in it. Sure. And but he goes, he goes, he goes, he's threatening to call corporate, and he goes, "My job will then be on the line if I like." Don't. That, oh, that was a thing. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. So he he goes, I'm not firing you. I can't fire you. He goes, I just need you to just give your Go notice on. right now. Yeah. And I go, he goes, he goes here. Just here's the thing that you're giving your notice. He goes, you're not fired. And uh, I remember, I go, 
I got all these tables. He goes, I know we get like, all right. And luckily, I think I, I got started getting paid the next week or whatever okay. and, and whatnot. But and it was just I've always loved to have fun. And, and, and you were screwing around. But like I always looked at it. I and he thought I gave that job everything I had in, into the tables and anyone who ever had me as a server. I always took a lot of pride in that and, and loved it. But um, that was the end of my Smoky Bones days. <laughs> Man. That's Smoky Bones in a nutshell. And shortly after, I think I stayed a little bit while longer and took some more money. And, and I followed I, I followed you down to Tampa. Do you remember, speaking on this real quick, like, we, you know, we joked about how everyone hung out together. Yeah. We became part of that crew for quite a while, oh, sure. hanging out with everyone and, and drinking. Drinking. And, and I, I remember the just, I was at the just really depressed and sad and they were playing was it like it wasn't it wasn't guitar hero but it was a like karaoke like video game something like that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like i could have picked any song and like any song but for what i was just so heartbroken at the time and like and i loved this girl so much and i was so attached to her and you know and i wanted her back but we'd broken up and it was over with and it was done and it was the titanic love song uh, what was it my heart will go on yeah my heart will go on, one. which is still on my mp3 player actually that's funny. I'm in my phone, I should say, my phone. But uh, I remember you took a picture of it, like me with a full head of hair. Full widow's peak. With a like, polo-type yeah. dress shirt, jeans, and probably basketball shoes. And, and I was like, ah, this is life right now. We're just servers. And If you uh, if you can give me that photo, I'd like to post that on social media once this <laughs> I got. I think that might... I, I definitely have it. I, I found my it. old phones, by the way, and I was going through old pictures. Like, it was cool. I found like my old dog, Roxy. Okay. Then while talk about, you know, I was on the road. I got home and... This is my first year back in mm-hmm. WWE in 2012, and she ended up her, selling a tumor, like it ruptured in her stomach, and I got to see her her last night mm-hmm. and take her to the hospital today. Thank God that would have killed me if I wasn't home for that, um, which I love being home now and being around my dogs, Sophie and Sonny and Secret and she and uh, it, it means the world to me to be able to see them on a daily basis. But um, I just remember, I remember that point being, wow, you know, well, that was just the ice moving. Yeah, right. Fuck. So... But it was a great time, and uh, and we learned from it. So that was, uh, yeah, that was Louisville, and that was uh, and shortly after you were down at FCW. I still stayed around for we a started while longer. Connection stayed. We lived together again down there, and and yeah, and then a uh, lot of stuff happened down there. Yeah, that was uh, me trying to get a job as a ref, and you trying to make a cowboy gimmick work. <laughs> yep, yep, <That> was yep. <laughs> hell of a time period. <laughs> Fuck. I made quite the transformation from Ryback to Skip Sheffield on that, and. Uh, Thank you to the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. He was brilliant, and uh, it got me called up, so I'll forever be thankful for it. Yeah, it's true. We're at 36 minutes. Went through that. I don't think we should start a new subject. We'll get dragged away. It's a little shorter episode. You can promote stuff. You can check. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Buck Never Stops. Check out FeedMeMore.com, RussellProOnline.com, or CreativeProWrestling.com. we got to plug a lot of stuff. You got, you got at Ryback22, the big guy Ryback. 22 on uh, Instagram and Ryback247 on Snapchat, which you, uh, if you want to get a laugh, uh, stop on by. Uh, But thank you guys for listening. You just listened to an episode of Conversation with the Big Guy. Thank you. Napa know-how.
A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how.